0: Welcome back to the Talking Blarney podcast, where we wade through the Blarney to tell you about the real Ireland. My name is Stuart McNamara, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Rob Cross. Hi, Stu. Good to,
1: good to be back here again, of course, as always. Yeah, it's uh, nice to be here for our 50th episode. It is. Um, all, all good otherwise, but, um, you know, um, I think there's something we have to say, isn't there, Stu?
0: Yeah, so we've been uh, thinking about it for a bit, and uh, with the world slowly going back to normal, you know, we started this podcast deep, deep in lockdown, nothing else to do. And uh, as we slowly come back to to normality, we think this might be the perfect time to end it and uh, go on to bigger and better things, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I I think it's kind of, we've discussed this, and I'll be moving back to Dublin in the next month or so. I will say as well that by the time this goes to air I will haven't be doing an exam and I have two exams next week so I'm really stressed out <laughs> at the moment.
0: I will be relaxing and getting drunk. Uh we couldn't have the final episode without Rob cutting out for no reason. Uh, yeah, can you hear
1: me? Are there Rob Great. sir, I don't know why the fuck it keeps doing that. You can leave yeah. it in if you want, I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah I'm a, I don't know. Barely editing. I think, this. I think it's the the connection from the PA into the uh, laptop that causes the issue. There, this, the, the mic is a very good quality. But anyway,
0: yeah, yeah. As you can see, one of our uh, our points of contention is uh, it. It was very difficult when we had to transition to doing it over the internet. Uh, yeah. If Rob's good, when. Not if when Rob's going back to Dublin on a more yeah. permanent basis, it'll be a lot harder for us to ever get together and do it properly. Yeah, so that's another I, thing. We I... we feel we lost a little bit of the banter when we're kind of waiting for lag and stuff to get us back to, to talking.
1: Yeah, I suppose because we we started off sort of doing stuff together on radio, like student radio back in UL, and there's something you kind of gain with just being next to someone having the conversation flow and then recording that directly um it you, you do kind of lose a bit of it when we do it like this like we'd rather be able to do it in person and you know we with the way the lockdown is going down and everything we would be able to do that subsequently from i i think at the moment we'd be able to do it as well um but when i move back up it's it, it, we have the options then of right i can't exactly come down to limerick every Week to record, or Stu, even less convenient for Stu to come up to Dublin to record somewhere. So then we discussed what if we do kind of bulk recordings, so like we do a month worth of episodes in one go, and like Jesus, that'd be awful because with the last one you'd be drained. Like we'd done two episodes at once before in kind of one big session. That was that, that was a that was all right. Um, it was,
0: but I think we both were heavily caffeinated by the yeah, English.
1: it's just that you know, we we feel that we well, we can do two episodes back to back you know, you're, there's a, there's energy levels
0: that kind of go into the second one that dip a little bit. Yeah, what what little quality we do have would be reduced if we were doing four or five episodes in a row.
1: Yes, or, or even two, you know, but then it's like I'd have to go up and down every fortnight because realistically it'd be down here because the, the best setups for us to record with the equipment is down here, but that's just the way things are. So look, we're not saying that it's done, done. We might do it more there might be the odd infrequent episode that goes up if something interesting comes out. They're they're shooting that new Enchanted film up in um, uh, Dundalk and Wicklow at the moment, Stu. Uh, They've done up a few houses there. It looks interesting. And more importantly, they've done up some of the air and road air and trains to be like the... Uh, New York Transport Authority,
0: which I find very... Interesting. I know, Rob, you know that the most important part about that whole thing is that they've been hiding one of those sexy doctors from Grey's Anatomy in some cottage in the middle of nowhere.
1: I know, McDreamy, my girlfriend, is very excited about that.
0: <laughs> she will be going hunting for him, has she? Oh, you?
1: yeah, well, you know yourself. I mean, um, I don't think I have to worry yet, but anyhow. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I suppose yeah. um, that's... Yeah, we're 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 not saying it's completely done. We're just kind of saying it's a hiatus for we don't know how long. But if we can get a something that works where the two of us are in the same place and able to kind of record on a frequent basis, then yeah, I I think we might come back in a, in a little bit. But um, I think for now it's not going to be weekly, and there might be an episode coming out in the next um, month or two. But we'll have to see. We we just don't
0: know yet. Yeah, So on that sad note, we'll jump right in to our very last Uniquely Irish, which this time will be on the Rose of Tralee, which just this week we we've learned through the news has been cancelled for the second year in a row. Uh, I didn't have too much information on it. I don't know. I doubt it's ever been cancelled before, as far as I'm aware anyway. I don't think so. So a uh, bit of a surprise. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if you've been there yourself, Rob. I have. Uh, surprisingly, with a, a, an ex of mine being from Tralee.
1: I've never been to the Rose of Tralee myself. I have plenty of friends who were down at the festival. Like, I know two people that were escorts down there. Now, to, oh, yeah, to yeah, our yeah, American to our American, possibly British listeners, that doesn't sound as dirty as you think it is. These are just, these <laughs> just like the gentlemen that accompany the the roses, the, the girls that take part in this. It doesn't mean the other thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've been, when I say I've been to the Rose of Tralee, I've been in Tralee when it was on. Um, you know, it's kind of they have a big parade in the town and a uh, lot of drinking in a public square, which is good crack. Oh yeah. Uh you can't lift your feet for falling over cans and plastic cups. It's a uh, it gets a bit wild.
1: I one of my one of our friends actually, he was an escort down there, um our, our cork friend. Uh I won't say who, but he, he knows who he is. And he he was telling me about see so like they they the girls are the roses. There's like a rose from like every Irish county, and then there'd be like a rose, like they're they're taking part to be the the rose of surely is in the best kind of girl in Ireland. We'll talk more about the requirements in a moment, I presume. And like then you have like one like you no New York and Australia and like Melbourne and you know all, all places where, where, where the Irish are in the UK as well in a couple of spots. And there's always like a Dubai rose now or something who's like living over there, a Japanese one um or something like that. But he said, uh, oh yeah, his his job was like escort the rose in there, and they're generally not like their boyfriends or whatever because the roses have to be unmarried by the way as well so we'll we'll, we'll come to that later um but he said that oh, was a great crack you know you, you get to parade through the town and wave at people and throw sweets at the kids and then you he, he was off to new york with them as well Stu, to do like stuff over there and the uk and all across ireland they were very well looked after got a free tuxedo it of it and everything
0: <laughs> lucky for him so uh I suppose we'll start at the beginning. So I think it it formed in nineteen fifty nine as kind of the what we know of it today. But I think its kind of roots go back further than that because there used to be just the uh, kind of a horse racing festival, intrally, and you know for that they had a, a carnival queen, and so then it was when uh, a bunch of local business owners kind of came together. They wanted to entice more international people to come to the festival. Obviously, increasing their own business, and they kind of had the idea. They they there was a an Irish ballad called "The Rose of Tralee," I think it is, and uh, it is.
1: It's they they sing it every year. The the host of the show always sings it when the the winner is uh,
0: crowned. I'm sure the way um, Irish people pick hosts, that's always been a fantastic success, and they're not terrible singers.
1: Well, it's there's sure Dohy O'Shea at the moment. who's a well known Irish. Um, Presenter, he he went to college in here in Limerick too. He's a proud Kerry man himself, and if if they if Irish speaker Gael Gore, so he's mostly kind of known for that. But um, I think it was Marty, was it Marty Whelan beforehand? I think it was. <laughs> everyone knows Marty in Ireland. Could it? have
0: been, but yeah. So it's kind of it's based off Game's the song host. "The Rose of Tralee, and uh, I think there's like some kind of made up story where it's about a a wealthy Protestant who is in love with a poor Catholic maid but I think it was just a song that some guys wrote.
1: Yeah, I, I think that might, that mightn't be true, but maybe it is. But, but who's to say there were, there were quite um, some wealthy Protestants down in the Blennerville side of Trilly back in the day where they had the windmill. Yeah. You go and see the windmill, <laughs> but, um, you know. I mean, yeah, but maybe it's
0: truly. I mean, uh, as it is now, it's kind of a beauty pageant, but I don't think it's as, I don't want to say vapid, but you know it—it's it, not so much focused on those aspects. It's kind of a more rel- well-rounded a bit, person they're looking for.
1: It's a bit more. It's not like you know when you think like oh it was Miss America, or Miss Universe. It's it's nothing quite like that. It's a lot like there. There's no bikini round. I can tell you that anyway. Um, you know they're, It's the girls go out there and it's like they have to be unmarried. Although I think that requirement isn't there anymore. You know, because it, 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 but that always was the thing was like kind of young girls who were like under the age of 30, I think, unmarried. And the, the host would always go, and who's and who's here in the in the audience for you now? There, Fanula. It's like, well, my father and my mother are there now, and my little brother and little sister, and the boyfriend, Harry. I was like, oh, Harry, any side of the wedding ring there, Harry? Oh, and they just like cut to him and, and him just being mortified. And then they'll do that for the other 60 roses as well. It's just the way it works, you know. Um, so that's kind of part of it as well. But they, they always do, like, they have to have a talent that they perform. So it's generally like, I don't know, I understand you play the fiddle. You want to give us a little song there? And he's like, and, and they will or they'll do Irish dancing. Uh, there was a, couple, a bit of controversy a couple of years back because they said, oh, um, performing poetry doesn't count. can again, Rob? There he is. Yeah, yeah, I'm back. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that keeps happening. Like I check the connections as I do it every fucking time. All right, it it shouldn't happen again. But
0: anyway,
1: but yeah. So you were saying that in the, the land of saints and scholars, poetry isn't well, they a challenge. Well, they said performing poetry. Like I, I'm sure. Like if you said, here's a poem that I wrote myself specifically for this, I'd like to perform it for you. Oh, All yeah. right. Well, I suppose that's. But fair. I mean, if you, like if you write it, but like there'd be people like recounting, um. You know, John B. Keen or, or stuff like that, or, or Yates. I mean, as somebody who does perform poetry, I think there is a, there is a certain talent to it, but at the same time, I kind of see where they're coming from.
0: Um, but there's always... There's a- yeah, I mean, being able to read shouldn't really count as a a talent if someone else is like juggling I remember, knives or something. I remember something.
1: one girl did do that one year, and like she was there juggling knives, and uh I and you uh, could just see the whole style. you was there, like, "Oh, jeez," I think he was he was like purposely moving back, and she's like, Dahi, he would you throw that other knife at me now?" And I was starting, and he's like, "Yeah, sure," and, cause, and the <laughs> period, she was dead and then she's like, "And now I'd like to get out the fire," and the dah he's just like jumping well. like, you know? <laughs> so that was that was quite good. She she was robbed. She should have won. But um, I suppose as well, there's kind of a perception that of a certain kind of girls doing it, I guess, it's generally always. And this is Mary, who is the Rose of like uh, Kildare. And she's a, a teacher uh, from, uh, you know, uh, Newbridge. And then it's like, and next up we have Mary Jane from Wicklow Town, the Wicklow Rose, who is a, a primary school teacher. Isn't that right, Mary Rose? <laughs> you know, it, it it it's just that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, they're kind of, they're boxed into a kind of category but i mean in fairness considering how international it actually is it's kind of great i mean i'm looking down through on wikipedia there they have the winners and you know the the second winner of the Rosa literally was from chicago i mean what else we have new zealand is in here birmingham yeah. switzerland you of- know it like it's it's really all over the place
1: there are generally, it's like kind of Irish people that like are living or working over there. Sometimes it's like second or even third generation people in, in America. But I, I'm not sure there's specific requirements there. But like even now you'd see, like I said earlier, like you see Dubai roses, Japanese roses, things like that. And um, even like South Africa and places like that too. So it's, um, I think there may have been a Botswana rose at one point. I, I'm not sure. I just think it was Botswana, but it might've been like somewhere down that direction. Um. Could, could have been the Namibia or somewhere like that.
0: And uh, we cannot mention the story that shocked the world in 2014 when the winner revealed that she was gay after having won. I think it's Maria Walsh. I mean, yeah, I think everyone was pretty much fine with it. But, you know, it, I don't think it had ever been done before. So I'm sure there were a bunch of pearl-clutching older I, women in Ireland who were shocked. I mean, I I I
1: think it's just like, you know... It's a bit much, like it's the 21st century now. It isn't exactly too bad for Maria Wald, considering she's a member of the European Parliament now, so clearly worked out pretty well for her.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, on my often uh, times being interly, I think I'd seen her around a couple of times there doing various events or whatever. And, you know, she seemed lovely. I mean, the, the big thing is that it was sad that she felt she had to hide it during the competition. Yeah, I don't think there was anything in the rules
1: against that um you know so i don't know
0: i mean possibly not but forgive me i can't remember is it people voting or is there like a you know is it like over text or whatever is I there think it's a something like that if i recall correctly?
1: i think it's a bit
0: of both like i i pretty confident... yeah you know like the, you might get penalized for like who knows what goes on in people's heads you know what i mean
1: yeah, I mean, maybe something like that. So I suppose that's just kind of it. Um, I'm, I'm just looking up here. I'm pretty sure it is like a public vote or something like that for people in Ireland. Um, yeah, I I really can't
0: remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't exactly watch it every year or ever, but uh, uh- I've been near it. Okay, here we
1: go. So I've got some of the rules up here. So it's uh, women uh, must be under the age of 29. Married women are barred from taking part. That is still the case. Until 2008, unmarried mothers were not allowed to enter the contest. Yeah, I mean,
0: you know, not the most progressive rules. Yeah. But, so there. I mean, the fact ahead. that at least one of them has been dialed back, we, we can hope that in the future it'll be a bit more inclusive for everyone.
1: Oh, yeah, I I think it's a matter of time before they let, I don't know, married women in. But I suppose there wouldn't be a lot of women I'd know under that age would be 29 and married, um, to be perfectly honest. You know, <laughs> people our generation generally get married a bit later now, just the way things are. Yeah.
0: but well, you know, I mean, you know, uh, even though we don't tend to watch it, it is quite sad that a 62 year old tradition is kind of. Yeah, been caught out with COVID. I mean, I did. I don't even think I remember hearing anything about it being cancelled last year. I no. like I know it was. Yeah, but it, you know, it was only I saw it on the news this year that we, we can't cancel for a second time.
1: Limerick can't keep our winning streak going. We well, I think the last rose that they held the competition where it was Sinead Flanagan. She was her Limerick, so she yeah yeah. I kind of I I vaguely I Vaguely knew
0: her. I I wouldn't know her very well, but I I've met her a couple. Right. times. Now before we actually jump into. The report for the week. I did want to mention something that blew up on Twitter a few days back, and it was just so funny I can't not mention it. Did you see all the stuff about Matty Bond? Yeah. So the
1: the Friends reunion. You know, I didn't watch the reunion because I, Zakara, I've never never got Friends. I I never watched it when it came out. I never really subsequently rewatched. It. I don't find it funny. My father likes it. No one else in the house does. We never admired it, but. I did know about the reunions too, but it was something Matt LeBlanc was kind of wearing in it. And just the way he was sitting down with the the kind of shirt on and the kind of crossed arms, people said he looked like... Uh, the, the first thing I saw was that he said, oh, he looks like a farmer for, for, from Fermanagh. And then a load of people were saying he looks like an Irish
0: dad. And some of the memes out of it were top quality. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he could have been one of... Um, What's-his-name's characters? John B. Keane or something like that, yeah. Yeah, anything like that. You know, he just the everything about him especially like because uh, i did watch it i enjoyed friends when i was a kid yeah. you know the the struggles of having only a couple of channels when it's on e4 every day you just kind of end up watching it yeah but uh you know he was the only one who kind of looked like he had aged naturally i think that was part of it but you know it's just it's so funny you know they've edited him into everything he's there at like uh cow auctions uh i think it was one of him in a hurling match. And I think I even saw one, one person had a photo of their actual father wearing the exact same shirt, sitting in the exact same position.
1: I think that might have been me because I sent you on a picture of my father wearing the same, the same shirt uh, at my Deb's. <laughs> <laughs> oh no no! This was definitely from Twitter. Oh god! But uh, I I'll show you that picture later, Stu But uh, I my favorite one is where someone had him because it's just him as well like, with the cross arms as well standing up, which is just a very kind of Irish thing and just the the, the kind of look on his face. And someone put him inside the Supermax and Gort, and that is
0: oh he's gone for a third time. We did it. Will he come back? How quick? See you on the back? hey! Uh...
1: <laughs> I don't... I don't know why... why, why what, what the fuck is...
0: worry uh... Rob, um, you won't have to worry about it for much longer. Fucking bastards. Uh, you can edit around this. We'll see. But uh, yeah, so... Just a bit of fun. There's loads of tweets about it. um Matt LeBlanc or Matty Bon on Twitter, you'll find a lot of stuff. It was just too funny not to mention. Bon being the Irish
1: Irish for white, I suppose. Yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, I'll jump into the report, and uh, we'll see how it goes. So, one of the things that from earlier on I wanted to kind of research myself and kind of get into a topic on is where did the Irish come from? Because like we all kind of nowhere here about us being celtic it's a huge thing in ireland and all around the world you know the boston celtics or whatever it's everywhere but like ireland was populated much further back i mean the the you know from what i've read and you know <laughs> it was a bit of a shock to me when i first heard about it like the celts were actually like from continental europe so they colonized ireland or kind of came over here They weren't the original but like a lot of what we know
1: of, of inhabitants yeah. of this island basically
0: yeah but then gets you to wondering who were like the native irish and what were they like and so well steve it's, it's very simple you see
1: uh no Noah, uh, Noah famous of of, of the ark uh, not not the former pub in Limerick, but the the big boat in the Bible. His granddaughter Eru, uh, not to be confused with the Celtic <laughs> goddess of the same name, uh, came to Ireland on a, on a separate boat that was possibly made out of parts of the Ark, and she populated Ireland with it. And as consequence, the people of Ireland tried to give the name of the con- the, the island to her, Era or Aaron, after after
0: Eru. So that that's obviously what happened. Oh, well, that's the exact uh, God's honest truth, as you might say. But. Uh... Yeah. Let, let's do a bit more digging before we we just jump to that one conclusion. <laughs> so the actual evidence goes really far back. Um, you know, obviously Ireland, quite an old country in general, um, and there's a lot buried here that we still haven't found. Uh, actually, when I was looking into it, a pub owner in, in Antrim found three skeletons when digging for a new driveway. Uh, yeah. At first, he thought it was a murder scene, so obviously he called the guards to come over and check it out. But the bones were actually found to be a thousand years older than when the first Celts arrived in Ireland. so That kind of shows you the wealth of information that might still be buried that we don't know about.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think that's it. Like, and it's um, funnily enough, is like the, the other week I was up at the the National Archaeology Museum when I was up in Dublin seeing my girlfriend which is right next to the the dollar parliament would highly recommend actually it's not a museum that most people go to but it's really good and some of the things that they had were like from you know thousands of years back to uh pre pre-celtic ireland and things like that and it's um really interesting to see some of the things there at the bog bodies they find and things like that and yeah really fascinating
0: yeah i mean i think i've been to one to or two of the museums in dublin and you see all the uh the gold torques and stuff the the different jewelry and bits that we had, which we have a bit to talk about later on, but uh we'll start off a little further back than that, so archaeologists have actually found uh deer bones that had clearly been damaged by humans that dated to thirty one thousand b c so like that goes to show just how far back this goes it's like thirty three thousand years ago someone was living in Ireland, It's kind of ridiculous. Considering we're an island in the middle of nowhere, shitty weather, but they did it. Um, but one of the main problems with finding any more evidence around this time is actually um, it was like in the middle or just around a glacial period, so basically an ice age, and so it snows, snow gets compacted, and then it destroys a lot of the bones and whatever else we were, the, the people here were like making and building would have just been completely destroyed. Other problems with Ireland are that we have bog land, surprisingly enough, uh, acidic soil, and then coastal erosion. So it's it's almost impossible to find a lot of the really, really old stuff. A lot of it gets buried in the bog. Some of it just is dissolved in the soil. And then, of course, when we first got here, there would have been all coastal towns and stuff, and it's eroded and, you know, rising sea levels from... 33,000 years ago, it's all pretty much been lost.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate, I suppose, how much... You, you kind of wonder how much history of, of any place really is lost just with um, things like that, and we'll, we'll never be able to get the full details. Um, yeah, I mean... We kind it, of contrast it, like things today where we record a lot of things, even just random stuff like this podcast is recorded, who those people are going to be listening to it in uh, 2,000 years' time to say, what was... Ireland like in the early 21st century. Um, you know, oh, we found this. Talking Blarney, this must be <laughs> Blarney must have been Blarney must have been their god or something. We must look into this.
0: Yeah, I think it'd be worried if uh, scholars of the future thought this this was exactly what Ireland was like based on what us two Egypts are talking about, but uh who knows? But yeah, so around 26,000 years ago we were back into an actual full ice age, and so the whole country was covered in ice, and so it's really hard to find shit. Um, But then as the planet kind of warmed up again, there would have been land bridges between Britain and Ireland, but Ireland was still pretty much too cold for a lot of uh, animals, even plants. But, you know, over the course of time, then it started to get warmer again. And uh, one thing that I did spot that just made me chuckle is there may have been a period where the land bridge was still there when humans and animals could cross, but it was still too cold for reptiles. So just throwing it out there. St. Patrick, get wrecked. It was actually just too cold, as scholars say.
1: Yeah, it doesn't shock me that much, too. It's uh, very cold here at the best of
0: times. (laughs) Well, uh, this is a little bit colder now. This is like when not even a plant can survive. So, you know, sub-zero temperatures constantly. Oh, yeah, it's Baltics, too. Yeah, but then we start to find actual buildings around 10,000 BC. So, you know, there were, whatever happened, maybe people lived here for a while, Ice Age hit again, probably killed them all off or they left. 20 or 10,000 years later or whatever it was, people came back. And so, um, you know, you have the Aloe Caves, bears were found around that date. Did not know this. The actual name of the caves is Alice and Gwendolyn Caves, uh, which... Okay. It was just because it, it only said it on the on what I was looking at as Alice and Gwendolyn. It's like, did they mean the Aloe Caves? And it's like, oh, yeah, I suppose if you mash those two words together, you will get Aloe. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. it was just a weird. I've never heard of this cave. It's like, oh, no, I have, but they've changed the name. It was, was
1: this the British changing the name of it or?
0: I don't know. I think, you know, marketing. They wanted it to be shorter. Uh, who Okay, knows? fair, fair, fair For enough. The, yeah, but actually, these bears were also, um, you know, butchered by humans. So that showed that at ten thousand BC, there were also people here. But surprise, surprise, another Ice Age hit, uh, which you know, either we left, tried to survive, or died. So then, the kind of the the, the time when. What we could say are our ancestors properly came to Ireland is about 8,000 BC. So, you know, it took, what, one 2,000 years before Ireland was re-inhabited from the last Ice Age. So, long time quietness. So, the earliest known human burial in Ireland is actually about 7,500 BC. And it's down the road from us, Rob. It's uh, on a bend of the River Shannon at Hermitage in County Limerick. Oh, that's a,
1: a grand little spot there. Good for fishing.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much the point. So the earliest settlers at this point would have come here by boat. So, you know, they would have obviously been seafaring. They would have been eating a lot of uh, seafood. It would have been all fishing, you know, mollusks and whatever else. And so if they were to come inland, it would have been down rivers. And so at some point someone died and was buried just down the road from us. So the obvious answer to where they actually came from is Britain. But there are other kind of ideas. One that I think we've discussed before off pad, Rob, is that the first settlers to Ireland might have come from Spain. Uh, There's no kind of concrete evidence because it's so long ago. But there does appear to be a historic connection between the two countries. Um, It's also speculated that Hibernia, uh, which is the Latin for Ireland, might have come from the name Iberia which is the name for, like, the peninsula of Spain and Portugal. Okay. Um, they've also, yeah, they've also done some DNA tests, and uh, there is a, a commonality between the Irish DNA and Basque DNA in northern Spain, so from the Basque country. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of a cool thing, you know, we all, you, you just assume that people came over from Britain and colonized Ireland, I mean, they've been doing it long enough, but you know what I mean, that people would have just gotten a boat over. But the idea that we might be like partly, you know, Spanish or Basque is a little bit cooler.
1: Yeah, I think
0: a lot of people kind of say
1: that, you know, um, some people have like a brown eyes or maybe kind of slightly darker skin is like, oh, that's the Spanish roots there. You know, there's something in here in certain parts of Ireland coming out. Um so, yeah, it's something you, you kind of hear kind of in an informal sense. I mean, obviously there's Spanish Point and Clare. People say, oh, that's where they're all from. It's like, no, it's just called that because the Spanish Armada both sunk off the coast there when they were fighting the English uh, during that lovely time period. But, um, yeah, it's, it wouldn't shock me too much, but uh, I'll I leave it up to the
0: genealogists. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things that we'll never really get a proper answer to unless... You know, someone wrote that they came from one place and went to the other. Um, But it's, you know, obviously the the linguistic connection is there between Hibernia and Iberia and then a bit of DNA. But as we go on, I'll talk a bit more that our DNA is a mess. Um, Probably. Yeah, they. So, as I said, it was like mostly like marine uh, wildlife that they were eating, whatever seagulls and shit. Uh, seals a lot of the time but there were actually apparently wild pigs on Ireland which was kind of the only like large land animal that we would have been eating around that time so the best estimate is that there were about 8000 people living in Ireland across all the coasts then deer and cattle were actually brought from England around 4000 BC which is kind of when you know we stopped being hunter gatherer and started being more agrarian um, and there's a cool thing in Ireland, uh, we have the oldest known farmed field in Mayo, which was somehow preserved by Pete with like the walls. Is that the cage? Separating fields? each field. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I learned about that in school. It's just like they found everything under the, the bog with like the walls. It's really interesting, I suppose, that like farming methods existed even back then that they had like they knew what they were doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this was kind of the beginning of learning what they were doing. But like one thing, you know, I read it and I I didn't get a chance to kind of look further in. But like how a farm, which is just dirt, gets covered up by peat and then preserved. Maybe that's just, you know, my ignorance to the whole topic. But it's just like you cover up dirt with more dirt and then it preserves the dirt below it. Sure, why not? <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, I'm sure it's more complex than that. And whatever way Pete is formed, let's do. I'm not a chemist.
1: I don't. I don't know what area that would fall under. But I Probably I, I biology. Yeah, I suppose so. But I, it's not an area I have a great deal of expertise in. So I, I don't know. Maybe it just happens.
0: Yeah, but yeah. So we had some of the one of the oldest fields in the world. But we also, this is the time where like all of the ancient structures were built around 4000 BC. So you have like portal dolomens that you'll see um, around the Burren and Newgrange as well, which, you know, I mean, never been there, uh, especially not on the, the solstice, but is definitely on the bucket list, I think, for both of us. Oh, it'd be great to see the um,
1: Newgrange is set up in a way that on the, the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year, the sun shines through um the, this, yeah, it illuminates uh, illuminates the centre whole... of it, yeah, which is you know, I think it's quite exclusive to get in there and things like that you can watch it online, I think to see it in person would be incredible
0: Yeah, I think it's like a massive booking list, you know, you'd have to be there on on it for years in advance before you get a chance but you know, like the thing about about, you know, we have the Portland Dolmens you find them all over in the Burren and other spots as well, just kind of like ancient like, burial mounds almost, like Tiny stone hinges, I suppose, is the easiest way. Just a few blocks of stone that, like, have one flat piece on top of them. But, you know, these people were the first people in Ireland, but we know nothing about them. We don't know what language they spoke. Uh, We don't know anything about their culture. We have so little information about them. They were just there. And it was kind of, I suppose, when the Celts came in that they just became part of the Celts and lost their own cultures or whatever, but it's just it's crazy that we don't have any idea about them.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I mean it's um I think when you lack kind of written records and things like that, it's always very difficult to find an information about kind of cultures and things like that. Um I, I don't know a great deal about it, but there's a YouTuber Zidnaf who's did some kind of cool linguistic videos for a little bit and then he disappeared off the face of the earth. Maybe he'll come back someday, who knows? (laughs) We did one about uh, how they reconstructed Proto-Indo-European, which is kind of like the basis for, uh, well, a lot of the languages we speak here, like everything from like Hindi to Latin and like Greek and, you know, stuff like that and how that they... They had to take bits from all these languages to work out some of the features that it had and how all the bits split off because, like, there's some commonality between it. But the the interesting thing about it is that when they learn kind of the basis for where some of these words came from, it's like, oh, this word is very similar, like Hindi and like Dutch and German, you know, and then they're able to reconstruct back to what the original word probably was. But when you find out these words, it tells you something about the, the nature of the people that, that spoke that language. It's like, oh, they have a word for. This like a pig pen, so you know that they kept animals, or they had like things for the different names of crops. You know, so it's it's you can tell things like that. So, it it it's it's some aspects like that that can come in useful. I suppose if if there isn't a record there of things like that, it might be more difficult.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have a bit there later on about about language with the the kind of more Celtic, yeah, Irish society. But right now we're getting into the copper slash bronze age, so about two and a half thousand BC, copper working was first brought here. And so there's some conjecture that this might have been the time like proto-Celtic people came to Ireland. So kind of the start of when we were kind of becoming the the Celtic society that we eventually became. So this was kind of as well the time when one of our most famous uh, kind of landmarks, I suppose, Cranogues were being built uh, all over the place. Just kind of huts tend to be on... On uh, lakes and stuff.
1: I think Cragganowen is 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 in it's either in County Limerick or County Clare. I can't exactly remember. Uh, it's it's close enough to us, though. That's kind of the best example of um one of those in Ireland, a proper reconstruction of it there.
0: Yeah, I think I've been to one or two of them. Like they're beautiful buildings, considering what they were and when they were built. You know, yeah. Watland dub and all that crack that we had to learn in school, and just uh, beautiful kind of construction.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it, it's really interesting, like how the fire was in the middle and the animals would be there as well, and how they had the you know, the full of how they cooked meat under the ground in like a pit.
0: Yeah, they were fairly smart. So it was actually around this time Ireland was at, um, digging up huge amounts of gold. You know, I mentioned it earlier on. We had like the kind of gold torques and and various bits of jewelry. So they found like the largest Bronze Age gold hoards in Europe in Ireland. You know, we, like whatever happened, we just were pumping out gold. There was and a, uh, we've, like there was plenty of that in ahead. the archaeological museum. I must say they had all the yeah. They had everything. And so, like the the crazy part is shows how how far and wide people were going back twenty five hundred BC. Like these things were traded as far as Germany and Scandinavia. Like they found stuff made in ireland that had gotten that far which was the, the how far and wide we go and it just it, it, it made it kind of funny when i was thinking about it that this this period of time having so much gold coming out of ireland and like i just thought could there possibly be like a connection between you know how much gold was coming out at the time and how you know leprechauns and gold kind of is such a, a prominent thing in, in the, like the modern psyche about Ireland could be. Um, I suppose some things never change,
1: I guess. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, I think the perception of like gold across the world, well, particularly the Western world and things like that, is, is always kind of been prevalent. There's like a precious metal that's always had an intrinsic value to it. Um, so I, I guess it kind of comes from that as well i mean we still use gold again like, like religious services and things like that in the catholic church you look like, your gold chalice to hold the you know the wine in before it comes to the blood of christ and all that and uh gold jewelry as you were kind of saying there as well too. so i think it's never really gone away in that sense it's always had that value to it e- even back then
0: yeah i just you know the it, i found it funny that at one point we were Basically, get ha- had the most gold in the world, and now you have leprechauns and they all have crocks of gold with them. And it was like, maybe that's kind of where that story kind of has like that kernel that of, of a root to it.
1: Maybe, I mean, um, it's hard to say. I'm, I'm sure there's a separate study you could do about the gold and silver in human history as a commodity,
0: you know. Oh, I'm sure for someone else's podcast, though. For, not for oh, this no, one. no, 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 <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah, so they actually found on uh, Rathlin Island some skeletons from around this time period, and they did some DNA tests on them, and they actually found that they had Russian or Ukrainian DNA. You, so that's just, you know, once again, showing did you say, people coming to Ireland from all over. Did you say Rathlin Island, too. Rathlin Island, yeah. yeah. Did they find them in the bog there? Not the rattling Bog.
1: has a H in it, Rob. I know where you're <laughs> going. <with that. laughs> well, well, you see, Stu, if there's in the bog, there's this tree. If you keep going up the tree, you, you find some interesting things. You
0: gotta keep going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, look up rattling Bog if you want a you want a rabbit hole, I suppose, to go to. If you want an Irish song that you can,
1: it's one of those songs where you can keep adding verses to it. I can't even. Yeah, like, it's a, kind of a camp campfire song or on a long bus trip. Yep. The most I've ever seen on a bus, dude. They got up to, I think, 20 verses. Um, I, I can't. I think it was a hair I think it
0: was like some. <laughs> oh, number four. I think this is the most times he's ever. Dropped off on a, a recording. Hey, number four, Rob.
1: God damn it! Let's keep... <laughs> Why is it so bad today? I don't like. I didn't do anything different.
0: I don't know. It could be we. It's very kind of humid, muggy weather.
1: Yeah, it might be the heat having it. I don't. It is a little bit dusty as well today. I don't know if that's playing a factor. I don't know. But anyway,
0: could be. But anyway, so. As well, this is around the time, you know, from that that DNA and other DNA from around the same time period that we found this is when like Irish people gained like lactose tolerance and stuff like that. So because for whatever reason, there was such diversity in Ireland, we got a lot of uh, beneficial traits that have passed on to today.
1: Yeah, this. They, again? I, I'm, I'm sorry, I was just having a drink. <laughs> it was a bit dry. Um, <laughs> yeah, when you started you start talking about that, I was like, ah, she's a bit out of water. But um, no, because they always said... A that, nice glass of milk. They always said the Celtic people are like slightly lactose intolerant. It's, it's always the thing with... them. Um, they've always said they're like, apparently there's like a higher incidence of like lactose intolerance in Ireland than in other places. They say it comes from the Celtic genes. Always-
0: yeah, I mean... I get that, but I think uh, for Ireland specifically, um, I think it was one of like the Romans who wrote about it that uh, you know if you let cattle roam in Ireland, they'd burst from the amount of grass they could eat or some nonsense like that. But you know, so we like Ireland was clearly very good for cattle, still is, uh, as we both know. But that kind of if we had that much lactose tolerance, would have probably been a a, a good trait for us to get.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't complain. I mean, we we like our milk and cheese and various things in this country. Um, can't complain about that.
0: Yeah, I mean... The... However, the, another one that they, they found from these uh, rathlin skeletons is hemochromatosis, which is something that has been passed on to modern Irish people today. I think actually my cousin it's has it. Com- uh, I had to be it's tested very, for it. It's very common.
1: It runs in the family. When I do... Uh, life assurance applications with people Uh, that's one of the the family that that is always one of the family history questions you get it normally goes uh, like has anyone in your family including your parents brothers or sisters had a heart attack before the age of 60 the second one will always be had they had a stroke and the third question is pretty much always hemochromatosis so there you go
0: yeah so it's like uh just for anyone who doesn't know i think it's your body builds up too much iron and so that that's a bad thing for whatever reason, and so it, it can cause damage or kill you, I suppose. And then the Taliban uh,
1: take out your heart, and you have to put in a new heart, but then you get to fly and shoot people, so <laughs> it's not so bad if
0: you get too, if you get too much iron, isn't, isn't it? So
1: I think that's how it works.
0: Oh, God. I think you also have to be a billionaire for that, Rob, so we're, we're, we're <laughs> halfway there. We're halfway there. I mean, if we can find more gold, we'll be fine, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's conjecture about it. Some people think that at the time, maybe they're the There was an iron poor diet in Ireland. And so the introduction of this into people might have been like a a way of helping, obviously not intentionally, but accidentally a way for people to survive better here with low iron. If like it builds up much more easily.
1: Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, there's, there's a lot you can kind of tell about a population by it's kind of diet and thing like that. Um, But the kind of effects it has on people, and what what diseases and deficiencies and everything else pop up. So there's there's a fair bit you can kind of learn from it. It's like you know when they find when they find like uh, they found a load of Viking shit in London that was like fossilized, but they were able to use that to work at what the Vikings ate and taught a lot about their diets and things like that. And then they were able to use some of the language that they had from them as well to kind of work out more about their society. So it's like
0: you know there you go. I can imagine it now. The scientists there testing the the Viking shit is like, oh, they had Greggs back then too. It's like an Austin Powers. Jesus, Basil, this coffee
1: tastes like shit. It is shit. Oh, it's not, <laughs> it's not just me then. <laughs> ooh, ooh, nutty. Nutty. Oh, terrible. <laughs>
0: oh God. Right. So the Celts then kind of arrived around 500 BC. So that just goes to show, you know, we've gone through, you know, almost. 3,000 years of history before that without the Celts and what was happening in Ireland. But, like, if you ask someone where the Irish came from, they probably say, Oh, we were Celtic or whatever. So, you know, two and a half thousand years ago versus 30,000 is kind of where we're coming from. And so, this would have been when kind of uh, proto Irish would have started, like old, old Irish mm-hmm. as a language. Uh, and it, as I said, it, it's what we call Irish culture, you know, I mean, we learn about the, you know, the traditions of the Celts in school, the gods and stuff like that. But I don't remember in my own schooling, and maybe I'm just forgetting because, you know, head like a sieve, as I always say, you know, the Celts came from Europe. I I, like the Romans knew them as the Gauls. And it's like, I'd heard about the Gauls for years, you know, asterisks and obliques and whatever other stuff. It's like, oh, they were the Celts. They were what, you know, I thought I was an ancestor of. Well, it's just, it's just the way things
1: are. I suppose that the Celts were kind of across Europe. I think they might have been German, possibly originally. I'm not really too sure. But then they just came here and were kind of the dom- dominated culture. And I think because the Romans never came here um, to, to Ireland, it, that kind of culture persisted a bit longer.
0: Yeah, well, we, like, we, we can't say now that they never came here because I think Ptolemy, oh, Ptolemy or whoever it was. Here, yeah had but been here they, they didn't, you know, it, they, they, they didn't invade us, and try to yeah. rule yeah, they ireland call it like hibernia Doesn't yeah.
1: hibernia mean like kind of cold wet place so they was like ah mate like we're not going over there yeah
0: they yeah although i think uh, well you know because there's so much information out there I, I i could have made this twice as long and three times as in depth but there was just so much but i think even one of the, the early Roman emperors or whatever was actually, you know, he's like, oh, we could, we could pop over to Ireland with like a legion and a couple of auxiliaries and take the whole country. You know, they had plans. They just never went through with them for whatever reason.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really know a lot about that. I just know the Romans didn't take things over here, but they certainly were aware of Ireland.
0: Yeah. But, you know, learning a bit more about you know, the Celts and stuff, and realizing that they were all over Europe, uh, one thing that really shocked me, and it's kind of cool, is you know we learned a little bit in like say Irish class in school about like the old Irish gods, which would have been the Celtic gods. So there are actual places in Europe which have which have been named after those Celtic gods, and still are to this day. Like um, the the big one is uh, the Danube, Yep. the river is actually named after Danu, which is like the mother yeah. goddess in Celtic myth. And like, I remember, you know, we we had fucking classes in Irish about these gods and goddesses and all the legends and stuff around them. And it's like, oh yeah, that, you know, some Irish goddess is the name of a river in the middle of Europe.
1: Yep. Kind of cool, isn't it, when you hear things like that?
0: Yeah, it's just, once again, like whether I'd heard it or not, that the Celts came from middle of Europe I had clearly forgotten it and you know spread further and wider than than I would have thought. But there's actually some evidence as well that we might be more connected to India, which is a strange one. Um you know, there there's some crossing with like the languages and the belief like systems. Like I was saying earlier, so, the
1: Proto Indo-European the the origins are there too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah uh so i have a bit about that so you have like the hindu texts assert that life began when the river ganga descended to earth from shiva's matted locks similarly celtic mythology has the goddess danu the mother of all gods who was born when a single drop of water fell onto a volcanic earth so like there's really just similar stories like that um another big thing is like you know in ireland specifically you know we have like tombo cooley we have a lot of stories that are centered around cows and bulls because they were a big part of of Irish society, but you also get that in in India. Obviously you have like Hinduism, the sacred cow, you know, you have bulls and everything wandering the streets and stuff. So there's kind of these weird similarities there. And then you have in languages, you have like the old Irish shares a lot of words with Sanskrit, Mm -hmm. which is like the ancient classic language of India. So like have a few examples here. Aria means free man and in Irish we have era which means nobleman and then even like uh, I think druid is a big one so uh, wid would have been the old Irish for knowledge and then vid in Sanskrit it means the same thing and then it's kind of connected to the the, the Hindu Vedas which are like the four yeah. most sacred texts so you know that's that's about all I have in terms of the report it's it's fascinating and there's probably so much more information out there because Ireland has, has been connected to pretty much everywhere I think at this stage you know I could have gone into the Vikings and well, how they came there. over and you know we're we're a mix of them you I know. mean
1: you know I mean we, we, you could have gone into like the ridiculous conspiracy theory-esque stuff like that oh the Irish are actually one of the, the 12 lost tribes of Israel or whatever it bloody is or something like that
0: yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, but I was trying to be a bit more grounded yeah. than that. So just, just you know, it it's crazy. First off, that we don't know who the original, you know, the natives of Ireland, like you know, the Celts, kind of coming over here and kind of making Celtic, who we were at the time, is practically the same as you know, say the Native Americans and the the and everyone coming over there. You know, it's it's just a weird thing to think that we were colonizing that way first, and then you know. Two thousand years later, it happened again with the British. Yeah, we've very bad
1: luck with uh, getting colonised by you know groups of people. The luck of the Irish, Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll colonise someone someday, Steve, to make up for it.
0: We'll colonise the the we'll universe, Rob.
1: The moon. Yeah, that's the that's the plan.
0: If that one episode of Star Trek taught me anything. We'll be out there in space, starting fires in the the hold it of starship. We're ships. going to
1: get our uh, reunification in. What is it? Twenty twenty four in Star Trek is it? Or what? I cannot remember. Point is, but probably it's soon, according to um. Who says that was it? It wasn't Spot. No, it wasn't. It was Next Generation, wasn't it? So it was probably might have been Data. Yeah. Anyway, look it up.
0: Yeah, it could have been Chief O'Brien, considering he's kind of but the we have been at Irish character, too, haven't we? <laughs> Maybe that was just me. Yeah, I yep. mean you have to pay homage to that.
1: It's outside a pub, so I mean it was handy enough.
0: But uh, yeah, shockingly enough. But I think that'll do it for this week's episode. Uh won't be one next week, so I don't need to tell you what just we're going to watch. How, how would you
1: rate <laughs> the podcasting experience? Crack shall shite or crack a gold overall? <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean you know making the podcasts watching the movies crock of gold yeah, editing I not so much thank you for
1: doing that by the way he did a very good job at it um <laughs> yeah so i mean i'll be doing it soon enough i might do my own pod something in later on in the year i don't know It's just an idea i've had it's not something that Stu particularly would like to do but, you know. More more about <laughs> Irish leaders and Irish politics, but it's just something I wanted to do for a while. So I might, I have the equipment, I might as well do it. Um, when I have this, when I have the time, see how it goes. But, um, yeah, I, I've enjoyed it anyway, Stu. Um, I think it was a great idea that you had for for this pod, and I'm, I'm glad that we we did in and around a year thereabouts. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, 50 yeah, episodes is not so. to,
1: uh, to turn nose about really well, and we've enjoyed it so, uh. We got to see some fantastic films, uh, some terrible films, and some kind of just perfect. What what? Oh, so, so let me ask you, Stu, because um, I, I had a few points written down here to kind of finish this up. It's like, what do you think the best thing you've seen so far with this podcast has been? What would you say the best film
0: overall was? Oh, I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, because if we're going by the reason we made the podcast initially which was to take the piss out of movies that yeah. get ireland completely wrong
1: because it was chasing 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 it might Eprechaun, be the yank. basically the film that causes podcast to be set up with basically that, that that's sort of how we got the, you got the idea yeah
0: it, yeah it gave us the idea there but i think the yank but saying the yank seems like treating because it was definitely meant oh no it was yeah, to do what the pod, you know it was meant to be like the perfect podcast bait for us. But to I, talk I about. really like that film. I've watched it again. Like it's, I really enjoy it. Fred Willard and Colm Meaney just killing it. Like yeah, but you know what I mean. Like it, it's it was the perfect movie to review because it was made with the intention of taking the piss out of movies that get Ireland completely wrong. Um, but that was good. I mean, I
1: I really enjoyed that. That and um, you know, uh, Dead Meat as well was one of my favorite things. Like I i wouldn't have seen that film probably and unless I saw the as we did the pod, but I'm very glad I did.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Carl Kant will be a hero of mine till the day I die.
1: Oh, legend. Legend. <laughs> Love it. Um yeah, so I think that's I mean, like see if in ish as well. Oh yeah, beautiful. Fantastic. Definitely very unexpected. Like that that's that, that's the most that's the most pleasantly I've been surprised um, I think with this as well. I was glad you liked Evelyn so much as well because I really, really still yeah, enjoyed that Um So that was that was all good. I don't know really what's been the worst, I and mean, I think Rawhead Rex is. I don't think I'd ever rewatch that shite, Um mm-hmm. Perfectly, it's honestly. always firing away. I think it's. A, I think it is a. Oh gosh, Jesus! That is so fucking awful to watch. Like at least at Rawhead Rex, you can get through that film. I don't think I can get through Far and Away again, Steve. It's just such a shit film.
0: Oh, well, there's definitely a God. few there that I won't be going back to. Oh, like, what are we talking about? Wild Mountain Time.
1: Oh, yeah, because I know that's, see, that's just the low hanging fruit, though. I think, like, it wasn't that bad to watch as a film, where I think Far, like, I, I said this in the award show that we did back in December, like, you said, well, I think Wild Mountain Time was the worst, and I said uh, Far and Away, because it was absolute torture for me to watch f- Far and Away. Like, It took me multiple sittings to, to to watch that. That was by far the worst thing I've had to watch for this podcast. You know, it just bored the absolute arse it's off fair. of me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, a uh, lot, lot, lot of good stuff there. Like, it's maybe in the future we can come back and finally do like Fatal Deviation and... Uh, what the? What's the, the 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 one I was? I kept saying we have to do. With the, oh the, yeah, 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 The the nuclear, the nuclear detonators and the the beamish, uh, is it moving. No, that moving target. That's a Jean Claude Van Damme film. Um, something something like that. Anyway, but uh, I. It's it's pretty it's pretty great Stu There is a lot of bollocks in it. <laughs> oh, it's just ridiculous. Like.
0: Yeah, sure look, we'll 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 see what the future holds anyway.
1: There there'll be some shite Irish uh American film set in Ireland that'll come out in the future that will will have to come out of retirement to do, I think. But uh look, I think as we said earlier, it's not the end end. It's just kind of a indeterminate hiatus, but we'll see what happens. I think things could change and we might be back doing this regularly again in a couple of months or something like so, yeah. that. We don't know yet. So I guess we'll have to see what happens, but for now, um, I guess it's uh, goodbye for a little bit.
0: Yeah, so, you know, as Rob always says, you know, if you want to rate, tweet at us, email us, whatever, you know where to find it at this stage. It's all in the description.
1: AppLearny. App app pod at Twitter. Talking pod at com. We'll still be keeping an eye on it, you know. Um, we, we, we have gotten some nice messages off a couple of people. Um... You know, give a give a special shout out to um in the middle pod. Um I, I'm getting the name right there, aren't I? I always get them uh, from up. the mid pod. From the middle, sorry. Sorry, from the from the middle. Yeah, sorry. I always get that mixed up with another similar accepting podcast. My apologies. But anyway, that uh lads, we do appreciate the shout-outs that you've given us as well. You've always been very kind to us. Uh wishing ye the very best with that. I do enjoy that podcast as well. Um I would recommend We'll put a link, Stu, in, in in the description of this if, you, if episode if you can actually uh, give give a shout out to them and um, a bunch of other good podcasts. You can listen to Wadam Politics, a great Irish podcast um, as well. Um, I could m- numerous train and other political ones that Stu doesn't care about. You know, <laughs> that wouldn't be up his thing. Uh, but uh, there's pl- plenty of good stuff there I- I'd recommend. Alan Kinsella poly- uh, podcast as well. Uh, it does all about small Irish political parties and crazy ones you know which I, I think is a, a very interesting podcast and quite a niche area but would highly recommend Uh anything else you want to give a shout out there Stu for other pods? No I like think
0: that? that's uh, just about it
1: <laughs> alright so thanks anyway guys for everything we've enjoyed doing this where we'll see what the future holds but for now this is Rob signing off.
0: Sloan and go Red Margaret.